Hey TYT, my name is Nomi Konst. We are here today to talk about climate justice and all of the work that is being done uh, to fight off climate change. But specifically, there's, there's all these new strategies coming from activists and scientists to really push through uh, any blocks that are happening at the government level. And one area in particular is the divestment movement. I'm sure you've heard about it. You've probably read about it. Well, New York City has divested from fossil fuels. And we have Nancy Romer, who is a professor emerita of um, Brooklyn College and a lifelong activist, climate activist, social justice activist, all of the above. Uh, but you are key, uh, a key part of this New York divest movement in, in, in New York City. So welcome. Thank you. I'm happy to be here and happy to share the, uh, the good news and all the work that must follow because anytime you have a big announcement, it has to be followed by implementation and that's what we're looking at right now. Ah, bureaucracy. <laughs> well, but also process because one of the things about uh, uh, pension funds, but particularly uh, public pension funds, mm -hmm. is that they're ruled by very strict regulations that want, the, the intention is to protect the worker whose pension funds uh, are being invested, but meanwhile it means that the pension funds move very slowly. So uh, before we get to pension funds, can of you just course. describe what is divesting? What does that mean for, for activists because it's so financy? It is financy and it's been one of the interesting things for me to learn a little bit about finance as I, I jumped into this area of work. Divestment means taking, and it, there are many kinds of divestments. They're, they're probably the best known divestment uh, movement was against South Africa to, to end apartheid. Mm -hmm. So uh, that, that happened in the mid-80s. Right now we're talking about divestment from fossil fuels. And uh, in New York City, uh, we have about $5 billion invested in fossil fuel stocks. And that's a lot of money. In the state of New York, it just in the pension funds alone, we have eight. Well, I'm sorry, we have six billion dollars uh, worth of uh, pensions uh, invested in fossil fuel stocks. So that's a lot of money to pull out, and it's a lot of money to then invest in renewable energy in a range of projects that could have a big impact on the resilience of New York City, on the state, and on the world. So uh, there's there's a lot at, at play here. And what's really important, I think, is to get union members who have their pensions invested uh, to become active and to stand up for what they think is right. And there are two parts of this divestment process that I think are, is really important. You know, one is that the, the value of fossil fuel stocks are going down. Mm. The last five years, there's been a, a big decline in the return on fossil fuel stocks. So they're not a very good investment. Mm -hmm. And as I said earlier, you know, it's, it's a hard process to pull money out of a pension fund to make those changes. They're, it's very highly regulated to protect mm -hmm. the worker, which is great. But it means that if there's going to be a big nosedive of fossil fuel stocks, there's no way that the pension funds can move quickly on it. So they have to be proactive and do it before it becomes a disaster. I and mean, just the value of stocks alone. Mm -hmm. The other very important reason is that we don't want to put our hard-earned money into something that's going to make the world uninhabitable for humans and other living things in the future. So it doesn't make sense for people to have their money saved in a fund that's destroying the world. Right. So it's a moral issue as well as a financial issue. $5 billion in New York City, um, what is the percentage in terms of, of investments? What, put it's it in only 3% of the only total investments. Very small. Wow. Yeah. 
but there's even less, much, much less uh, invested in renewable energy. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's time for these uh, pension funds to really look at what they're supporting and what they're not supporting. Who decides that? Well, it depends upon the pension fund. Most of the funds hire outside managers. And those managers are sort of typical business types, typical investors, and some of them are fantastic, but they're very conservative. Their main goal is to maximize returns. Mm -hmm. And that's great. You do want to have a maximized return for the workers. In a, a city in a state like New York, um, both, they're in really good shape. They've been uh, well shepherded over the years, and uh, so we don't need to only have the very, very top returns. We can have a slightly lower return and still do very well for our pension funds. There are some states, some cities that are in much more trouble and some private pension funds that have a, a tremendous um, shakiness to them. So they have to be much more cautious. But we don't have to go for the 10% return annually. We could go for 5% return annually or 7% mm -hmm. return annually and make sure that we're investing in something that's going to be good for our future. Right. Also, we have to remember that money that will be needed to be spent on disaster relief uh, in the future will only increase and will then be burdened um, through our taxes. So we're going to be, working people are going to be paying for disasters as they increase and as they occur. Mm -hmm. So it, it makes overall sense to try to minimize climate change, minimize the disasters, because ultimately working people are going to have to pay for them. Uh, this was a successful uh, campaign in New York. Where else has it succeeded? Well, it hasn't really happened in a lot of big cities. We're really the first big city, which is great. Um, and we're, of course, the largest city, so that mm -hmm. has, it packs a wallop. Most of the divestment has happened in um, in, in uh, national, uh, um, in, in certainly in Europe, not in, not, not in the Western Hemisphere. Um, it, it's happened in a lot of universities, but we haven't had big uh, divestment projects uh, in big cities and states in, in uh, the U.S., but we're working on it, and we're expecting New York State to come online next. There's a big push, and we hope that will happen. Why New York City? Well, New York City has a very active community. We have a big uh, climate uh, justice movement here, and it's, it's very collaborative. One of the wonderful things about being an activist in New York City and this is probably a surprise to many people, is that there's a lot of solidarity. Mm -hmm. uh, people aren't too sectarian or um, negative about what someone else is doing in their part of the movement. They're, we tend to be pretty collaborative. We have had big coalitions and sets of demands that include the really important things that each of the sub-parts of the movement have been working on. So I think that's been a big thing, a very collaborative movement. And it's great to have progressive leadership. Now, we had a pull in de Blasio, and we certainly had a pull in Stringer. You know, Stringer, no, can you? I'm sorry, Bill de Blasio's uh, mayor of New York. Mayor, yeah, Stringer's. Mayor de Blasio and uh, the controller of New York, Scott Stringer. He's now a big fan. He's gotten religion, which we're very happy about. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but you know, we had to pull them all, uh, screaming and yelling into the fold, and it was it was a five year and, campaign. And they were progressive, just to put this in context. Absolutely. Of the politicians in New York, they're arguably the most progressive. Well, I don't know if I go that far, but I would say that they're definitely in, in, that, in that leadership. Absolutely, position. and yeah. and certainly among uh, mayors yes. and controllers, um, I think their hearts are in the right place. But we have to move them. We have to move them not only on divestment, which is good, 
but we have to move them on a whole lot of other issues. We, mm -hmm. we really need in New York City to deal with the dirty buildings. 70% of the, the carbon emissions come from buildings in New York City, only 30% from transportation. So in New York City, we've got to retrofit all those big old buildings, including Trump Towers, mm -hmm. you know, that are just belching out all this carbon and, and making our, our uh, climate much, much worse. What is it about the buildings that m makes them, is it air, con I mean, I've, I've heard some different campaigns about like air conditioning and heating and, and how the newer buildings are more efficient. Can you, I, can you yes. explain it for those who don't understand, I mean, yeah. including myself? I well, it, it's exactly as you said. It's heating and air conditioning. The, the needs are very great, right? On the other hand, the, the systems that they use are very inefficient. They're old mm -hmm. systems. Uh, there are huge amounts of leaks in the systems. And I think anyone who lives in New York City and knows anyone who lives in one of the old buildings knows that in the dead of winter, you're opening up all the windows because there's much too much heat. When, Including myself. Yeah, when, my, <laughs> when my, my kids were little, we used to visit my mom in one of those apartments. They would they would strip down to their underwear in the in the dead of winter because it was it was horribly hot. She always had the windows open. Yep. <laughs> so that is not sensible. That that kind of thing needs to be changed. We need to have. Um, windows that will right. seal in uh, the, the warmth. We need to have new uh, heating and, and air conditioning systems. We also need to use less. We have yeah. to learn how to cut back. And that's something that's, that very few politicians... Put a sweater on, like like Exactly, Jimmy like Carter Jimmy Carter said. said. Absolutely, <laughs> put the sweater on. But you have to have systems that work. I know in public housing, for example, mm -hmm. they have terrible problems of heating. Not enough heating, too much heating. You know, uh, the, the design of those old buildings are very bad for airflow. So there's a lot that can be done. We have some new technologies. Mm -hmm. And one of the great things about that is that we will need many, many more workers. We'll have many more jobs. I personally would like to see those jobs be in the public sector and have those workers be union members and have decent salaries and conditions. That's what I'm hoping for. So there's... Real estate is, is big. It's a big industry in New York. Um, mm -hmm. It's a big obstacle to a lot of progress. Absolutely. But let's break it down. Um, you know, NYCHA, the New York Housing Authority, uh, is, I think I read a statistic, it's one out of nine New Yorkers lives in NYCHA, and if NYCHA were a city, it'd be bigger than Boston. Mm -hmm. Something along the lines. To give, to give, put that in context, these buildings are ill-equipped, they're leaking, you know, everything, as you said. That's the the public money, and then you have the private side. You have all these developers who've who've bought out, you know, the Michelinas and and the old co-ops, and and obviously they're building more and more. Um, what are the obstacles to both of those paths right now? Well, I mean, um, you know, it's uh, the the real estate uh, board of New York. That's the big obstacle. You know, they have a huge amount of revenue. They have a huge amount of power. They don't want to spend a dime, and if they have to spend a dime, they want to pass it off to their tenants. And of course, in New York City, we have a lot of tenants that really can't afford it. They're rent controlled, rent re regulated, and of course, public housing, but that's, that's publicly owned. Mm -hmm. um, there needs to be legislation that requires it. It's, it's not enough to say, well, you know, I don't have the money for it. We have to get the money. I mean, that's part of the problem, and I think this is one of the big barriers, is Cuomo has to get the New York State legislature to allow increased taxing of the wealthy in New York City. Mm -hmm. That's how we can get the money to do a lot of the, this retrofitting, to do a lot of the resilience that we need to do, and to move to 100% percent 
renewable energy grid that will be publicly owned. That's the only way we're going to really get what we need. If we develop, if we're, when we're looking at the systems um, that, that will be needed for 100% renewable energy, which everybody agrees we must have, and we must have it quickly, if we're going to look at the models that are out there for services, let's take a look at healthcare, which is privatized, right? Mm -hmm. It's totally inefficient. It doesn't serve people's needs. It only makes profits. That's the purpose of the healthcare system, right? right? We don't want that. So we have to get rid of the privatization of the new, pub, the new renewable energy system. It needs to be publicly owned and operated. Mm -hmm. And it's going to need a lot of government subsidy. And the way that we're going to be able to do this is by taxing the rich. They are not leaving New York City. We're in a great position. There are so many cities that are not in this position. We are in this position. Governor Cuomo has to really release the, um, the right for New York City to, um, to tax the wealthy. Uh, so that, that's really important for us because it's, it's very hard to make the changes that we need without that tax base. Mm -hmm. This is the millionaire's tax you're talking about millionaire's that's been proposed tax, by absolutely. Um, Mayor de Blasio as well. Yeah. And of course, Senator Bernie Sanders has championed it. Uh, it'd be interesting to see where the rest of you know, Senator Gillibrand and has been coming out and proposing you know, workers' programs and Medicare for all. Interesting to see where she stands on that as well, because Governor Cuomo is up for re-election. So, <laughs> well, I think it's great. You know, these politicians are saying all, all sorts of good things, but it's really up to the people to organize, right. to create those mass movements, to put the pressure on them, and let them know that they will be out of office unless they do what the people want them to do. And I think that um, you know we're seeing more and more activism. I think the young folks uh, coming out of um, Parkland and uh, all the, the young people all over working on gun control are articulating a new movement that, uh, that has people first. And um, I couldn't be happier about it. We need that infusion of great ideas and energy and, and commitment. Um, what's next for Divest, the Divest campaign? Uh, you know, Bill McKibben, Naomi Klein, these are big vocal proponents of divesting. Where's the next city in the U.S. that seems most likely to happen? I would guess the two big cities will be San Francisco and Boston. Hmm. Those, Boston, really? Yeah, yeah. There's oh. there, there's been a lot of uh, union action both in Boston mm -hmm. and in San Francisco to start uh, resolutions in in a range of uh, union locals mm -hmm. to push for divestment. So I think though it's where you you see the push right. that um, uh, that it ultimately gives way. Uh, Stringer, uh, uh, Control of Stringer and a bunch of other people um, from the city, from New York City, are going to be doing a webinar explaining why it's fiscally the right thing to do to mm -hmm. divest. And uh, that they will you know, show the facts and figures and have investment um, analysts there. And uh, they're, they're going to be opening the door to divestment, which I think is absolutely wonderful. It's, it's, when you get religion, you know, for it's divestment, it, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing. So they're going to be pushing this, and I think it's going to open the door for the activists in these cities and mm -hmm. states that are, are already organizing to be able to say to their elected officials, you know, others have done this, you can do this too. We've got to get out of the business of supporting fossil fuels, and we've got to make them a pariah industry. We have to shut them down, basically. There's just absolutely not going to be mass use of fossil fuels if we expect to survive. There'll always be some need for fossil fuels, but they have plenty in reserve. We don't have to make uh, create any more, 
and we don't have to create infrastructure to carry all these fossil fuels all over the country and all over the world. We have to end that now. What I think is really interesting about this campaign in particular, um, especially hearing that a lot of the organizing is coming from from union halls in, mm -hmm. in Boston, is that traditionally, um, it's, it's been very unfortunate, uh, the workers' movement has kind of been at odds against the climate movement because of the, the threat of losing jobs for one big reason. I mean, we, we saw it with fracking. I think a lot of that is, has been worked out, but maybe, maybe not. Where, where do you see? Well, I think that there's many sectors of the labor movement. Unfortunately, the labor movement is weak to begin with. So given that it's been weak, um, and it, it's now in, in the public sector unions are now fighting this Janus case that would um, undermine union membership in public uh, unions. In, in, uh, so that's a big problem. And, and uh, the real wages of workers in unions have actually been going down w along with all the other uh, workers in, in the United States. So union power is weak, in weaker than it should be and that it has been in the past. Um, on the other hand, there are many sectors of the union movement and of workers, fossil fuel workers. Obviously, they want to keep their jobs, but they're in a very small number. And actually, there will be many more jobs that will be created in the renewable energy economy. And that's what we have to focus on. We also need to get those fossil fuel workers other jobs that are also good paying jobs and that have good benefits. And we have to retire out those ones and give them full pension rights you know, a little earlier so that they will be okay with leaving. We don't want to leave uh, the stranded assets of good workers who have devoted themselves you know, to providing energy for, for our country. So I think it's important to honor those workers, get them other jobs, retrain them, uh, get them early pensions, but to get off fossil fuels, and especially to absolutely stop this, the building of infrastructure. It does not make any sense to use a dime of money to develop an infrastructure for um, a, an area of energy that's going to go down soon. So, On that note. Yeah. And then, <laughs> then, and then there are all these, you know, the, the National Nurses Union um, and, you know, and, and, um, and teachers. I mean, mm -hmm. there's, there are a lot of unions out there that see the results every day. They see mm -hmm. kids with asthma. They see yes. people with all sorts of respiratory diseases. They take care of the people in the disasters. They see the effects right. of climate change. Right. And um, they want to see that shifted. Well, it, it's definitely picking up. The pace. I mean, I think they're, yeah. especially with young people, I find it refreshing to see how many are, are interested in the divestment movement. And you've done great work. Congratulations on New Thank York. You. We'll it was done with closely. a very big team. <laughs> yes, yes, but you, you are a key part of it. So we'll keep watching and hopefully this will spread like wildfire across, across the states and the world. Thank you. Thanks, Nancy.